Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 96, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, who's in the on-deck circle. Let's see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello. How are you? Not too bad, man. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I'm not sure why we're having this episode though, because there's really nothing at all baseball-wise to talk about. Nothing whatsoever. Like major news definitely did not break today. No, I, I'm glad on. you brought that up. So we're here. We're going to be talking today a little bit about the Astros cheating scandal and what all actually came from this we've been talking about this for a couple of months now i guess is what we started talking about this back in like what october november something like that yeah it's been a while and so mlb has been investigating everything and going through you know what actually happened and so they released a nine page report today and handed out some hefty hefty penalties so, of course, the first thing that I got was about 100 text messages asking, what do you think? What are you going to do? In- including one from our co- other co-host, Ben Baseball. He was flabbergasted, to say the least. I, I think it's pretty surprising. I'll-, I'll break down the suspensions, I guess, first, and then we'll kind of dive into it. So, essentially, Great. A.J. Hinch got banned for a year, the manager of the Astros, 2017. and Well, current manager of the Astros. Former manager of the Astros now. As well as Jeff Leno, the the general manager of the team. They lost two first-round draft picks and two second-round draft picks as well for the 2020 year and the 2021 year. What do you think of the the whole thing to begin with? So I just want to back up and talk about the joke punishment that they were talking about earlier. I guess it was like last month. They were saying basically the whole team got suspended for five 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 or ten games or something. (laughs) And everyone's like, whoa, that's so harsh. That would, you know, nothing like that would ever happen. Um, that was fake news. It's pretty harsh. This is damn harsh. This is one of the most harsh penalties that I can remember in sports, period. Yeah, I think maybe harsh might be the wrong word for me to use. Harsh implies that maybe it's unjust. It is the like um, stiffest penalty Correct. That I've seen in a while. Absolutely. And I will. So I say harsh in a sense of like, I mean, I, I mean, it is definitely harsh, but I, I think it, I think they did it, the, the, the right thing here. I really do. I think so too. I really would have loved for it to come full circle on the Mets and have Beltran because he's technically a manager Mm -hmm. be um, penalized the same way because that would just be such a good joke for the rest of time. So it's funny you bring that up because Jimmy Midtown was one of those that actually texted me to ask me, you know, what I thought of the punishment. And I said, the punishment was definitely fitting. Cora will have his head lopped off any time now, which we'll get into in a minute. And he said, cold blooded for sure. Um, cold blooded. 
And I said, but at least Beltran is safe, LOL. And he said, yeah, I actually wonder if this is a sign that my fortunes have turned as a Mets fan. In the Wilpon era, we'd 100% find a way to get in trouble for another team cheating. He's right. He's 100% That's right. That's hilarious. But, I mean, I've just got to say that his hope is unfounded because it's, like, way too early, and we just know that that's not, that's not okay for him to do. Strong agree. I don't think Beltron's going to get in trouble specifically, but they will fuck it up somehow. That, that's, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. They definitely will. Um, so, A.J. Hinch, I think for the better part of last season, we were touting how very good of a manager he was. Correct. I've gone on record saying that he's, you know, probably one of the better managers in the AL, maybe even the MLB. And then we had the disaster situation in game seven and now this, and he's like kryptonite, right? Like you can't even touch the guy. So yeah. And there's some things. So basically the way we're going to do this, we're going to go through the report. There was a nine page report that, that the, it was like a statement of the commissioner is what Rob Manford called it. And there are some things here. I know you haven't got a chance to read the full thing yet. I have a lot of time on my hands. I got a day job. Yeah, I know. Well, I do too, but here we are. And uh, (laughs) did I just incriminate myself? Maybe a little bit. No, but essentially there are things in this that are going to make him look far more incompetent in your eyes just because I know how you look at this stuff. I think it's really funny. You're going to find it a little bit funny too, but like it's just we've seen a lot of incompetence from this guy. And... I mean, I will say this, man. The Astros moved fast and fired him and the GM today, like within an hour or two of this coming down. Yeah, I, I heard it was bang bang for me because I was, you know, in meetings or doing actual work, and then it was like, oh, they got a punishment. And the first article I read, it's at the top, right? It's chronological from bottom to top, mm-hmm. and it was AJ Hinch fired, AJ Hinch suspended a year. Yeah, <laughs> like really almost funny. immediately. I want to back up and give a little bit of context on how this all started. And so what I'm going to do to do that, I'm going to kind of read the very first paragraph of the actual statement from the commissioner's office, because I think it sets a a thesis statement, something like that. Yes. But I think this sets a really good context for kind of how it all went down. So I'm going to start here on November 12, 2019, former Houston Astro player Mike Fears publicly alleged in an article published by Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick of The Athletic that the Astros had engaged in sign stealing methods in 2017 that violated Major League Baseball's rules. The allegations in the article created significant concern among many of our fans and others, other MLB clubs regarding the adherence to our rules by those participating in our games and the principles of sportsmanship and fair competition. As I have previously stated, I treat these allegations with the utmost seriousness and I instructed our department of investigations to conduct a thorough investigation. I believe transparency with our fans and our clubs regarding what occurred is extremely important. And this report is my attempt to achieve that objective. At the outset, I can also say our investigation revealed absolutely no evidence that Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, was aware of any conduct described in this report. Crane is extraordinarily troubled and upset by the conduct of the members of his organization, fully supported my investigation, and provided unfettered access to any and all information requested. So that is directly from Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball. Does that lay it out pretty nicely, I guess? At least it does. What they're, what they're investigating, I should say? Yeah, I mean, half of the statement is about how the richest person in this whole thing, the one with the most to gain, perhaps, mm-hmm. is somehow scot-free, which 
is kind of I, I I'm on the fence about this mm-hmm. because uh, it just kind of depends on what kind of owner this man is, whether he's hands on or not. If he's trying to drive um, results and and winning this in his club, then he probably is a little bit closer to day to day, and maybe he just likes to own a, a ball club, and maybe he's pretty far away from it, but. Yeah, um, I mean, very well could be. And every organization is different that way, right? I mean, that's a really good point. But I think, well, I think as we kind of go through this, more more may be uncovered about what you think about Jim Crane's role in all of this. For sure. So. The other thing that stood out to me, which is like not not necessarily a serious point, but the fact that there's an investigations division within MLB <laughs> makes me think that they were just sitting around like our interns. Right. And Manfred's, you know, it's the off season. They're probably like having my ties at lunch and they like got their feet up and he's spinning up the investigations group and like a bell rings and they have yeah. to like stop doing what they're doing. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'd be pissed if I had to get it's up. It's January. All... <laughs> yeah, this is the off season. Come on. We've got like 70 ba- days until baseball starts. Come on. What are we doing here? I think, man... What this comes down to for me is a like just as an overall thing though is that this is just bad for baseball that we're even having this conversation right now. And some of the stuff that we'll go into is kind of salacious and is kind of, you know, I don't know, meaty in a lot of ways, but like I've seen a lot of people taking a lot of joy in this. And I don't this is nothing to take joy in. Like, I don't care if you're not a fan of that team. I don't care if you're not a fan of the sport. It's not a thing to take joy in. This is a really bad look for the sport. Who's taking joy in this? I This is a, an ignorant question. I'm not paying nearly enough attention to this. A lot question. of Rangers fans. A lot of Rangers lot fans. Of Rangers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wishing ill okay. on Houston, which, again, I get. I, I shit on the Yankees all the time. But regardless, this is not good. So, anyway... Um, have you ever heard the expression "any publicity is good publicity"? I have, and I. What do you think about that? Live that through this is. company, and it is not not always good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, I want to give you a little bit more context on what was entailed in the investigation. Too, um, the investigation covered the periods from 2016 through the present. During the investigation, the DOI, which I love that they're they're abbreviating the Department of Investigations within baseball, the DOI interviewed 68 witnesses, including 23 current and former Astros players. Some witnesses were interviewed multiple times. The DOI also reviewed tens of thousands of emails, Slack communications, text messages, video clips, and photographs. That's pretty big in scope. Didn't the DOI miss... That's a miss, right? Not naming yourselves the MOBI. I know. It's really, really upsetting. Like the FBI. Yeah. MLBI. No, I'm 100% agreed with you. Major League Baseball investigations? Come on. These are like the the things that we don't get to hear about very often that are really interesting about the structure of MLB. Um, Scrutiny. Correct. But essentially, kind of the crux of it to me and the at least kind of the investigation part of it is that everybody cooperated as much as possible. So I find that. So I want to go into the actual factual findings of it. Um, So this is kind of the rules violation in the 2017 season. So I'm going to kind of read this out a little bit because I think it's important. At the beginning of the 2017 season, employees in the Astros video replay review room began using the live game feed from the center field camera to attempt to decode and transmit opposing teams' signed sequences for, for use when an Astros runner was on second base. Once the sign sequence was decoded, a player in the video replay review room would act as a quote-unquote runner 
to relay the information to the dugout, and a person in the dugout would notify the players in the dugout or signal them the sign sequence to the runner on second base, who in turn would decipher the catcher's sign and signal to the batter from second base. That's like very elaborate. There's a lot of... So the runner, how far do you think the runner was running? That's... I'm curious about this. I, what was the description of the distance? It doesn't say yet, one. but we'll get into that too, because that's, there's another sinister part of this whole thing that, that we'll get into. Okay. Uh, I, I would think um, it's probably like a couple rooms deep in the tunnels underneath like the first deck. Yeah. We'll get, we'll, um, I don't know if call like 50 paces or something. There's a specific section for the location of said dugout here. So I, Ooh, or, or for the dugout in the, the replay room. All right. Um, so, essentially what was happening, they were watching for the signs. The guy on second would try to decipher what was going on. He would signal back to the dugout and they would signal to the batter. Hey, this pitch is coming. Okay. Hmm. So I'll get into this more early in the season. Alex Cora, the Astros bench coach began to call the replay review room on the replay phone to obtain the sign information on at least some occasions. The employees in the replay review room communicate the sign sequence information by text message, which was received on a smartphone watch of a staff member on the bench or, in other cases, a cell phone stored nearby. Oh, boy. That's incriminating. It is incriminating, and we're not even... This is... That was page number one, buddy. And, Mm. I mean, I take a lot of issue with this because Alex Cora is the manager of the Red Sox right now. And... Yeah. Yeah, they, we'll, we'll get into thoughts about that in a minute. I'm going to keep going. Oh boy. Okay. Approximately two months into the 2017 season, a group of players, including Carlos Beltran, discussed that the team could improve on decoding opposing team signs and communicating the signs to the batter. Cor- this, this part like crushed me right here. This, this sentence I'm about to read you. Cora arranged for a video room technician to install a monitor displaying the center field camera feed immediately outside of the Astros dugout. Oh, no. That is bad. (laughs) Oh, man. They might as well be in the dugout at that point, right? Yeah. It's like one step further from the bathroom. Right. So uh, that part just killed me because, I mean, (laughs) that's got your fingerprints written all over it. He's going to get killed. Oh, he's going to get banned from it. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um. They put in parentheses the sentence after that, which this did make me kind of chuckle in a way. It, may, it gave me a little bit of comic relief after that knife got stabbed into my heart. Um, the center field camera was primarily used for player development purposes and was allowed under MLB rules at the time when used for that purpose. Okay. <laughs> so, what? So I Not guess, our fault the camera's there. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, MLB's cool with the camera being there. They wouldn't ever use that for anything sinister. Never. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, it's, I, I get that, but, like, this is pretty... I mean, that's specific to what you're doing. You're using, using a lot of technology, but at the end of the day, the batter's still got to hit the ball. Right, and we'll get into that here in a second because that's a big part of this, too. Um, one or more players watched the live feed of the center field camera on the monitor, and after decoding the signs, a player would bang a nearby trash can with a bat to communicate the upcoming pitch type to the batter. Witnesses explained that they initially experimented with communicating sign information by clapping, whistling, or yelling, but eventually determined that banging on the trash can was the preferred method of communication. How? <laughs> How? 
How? I wanted it, first of all, I wanted it so bad to be a wooden spoon that they were banging on the trash can with, just because it seemed like I mean, it made sense. But a bat's just as bad. Not that the way that they're communicating like got them caught or really matters, but don't you think that if they're being that elaborate with the intake of the coating, that their output of the coating could have been a little more, I don't know, sophisticated? Like, what? why don't you just, eat before each game, you could have a single-digit number correspond to the type of pitch. Mm-hmm. One through five, whatever. Choose a number. Like, nine equals curveballs. And then you could just yell nine to the guy. Yeah. Or just have two fingers up on your face or, you know, whatever. I don't know. And we'll get into the the parts of A.J. Hinch's involvement and whatnot here in a second, or lack thereof, and that's really interesting, too. This um, stinks. So then another part, part of this I highlighted was players occasionally also used a massage gun to bang the trash can, which is a, a great, great line to be in an official nine-page report about, about the... God, this is terrible. It's not really a laughing matter, but it just seems so absurd. In a, in a dugout full of bats, I agree. It is totally absurd that they use the massage gun. Right. Generally, one or two bangs corresponded to certain off-speed pitches with no bang corresponding to a fastball. Fine. Um, witnesses consistently describe this new scheme as player-driven. And with the exception of Cora, non-player staff, including individuals in the video replay room, had no involvement in the banging scheme. The fact that they they, they refer to it as the banging scheme like throughout this whole thing, which is mm. really hard to take seriously. However, really witnesses good. made clear that everyone proximate to the Astros dugout presumptively heard or saw the banging. That is crazy, dude. Like everybody knew about this. That's mm. not great. And uh, Fears is the one fires. Yeah, fears? I don't know. I really don't know how to say that. There's guy's last two name. guys. One is. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Fires, F I E R S, I presume. Mm-hmm. Pitch for the A's uh, last year. He's going to get like beaned a bunch, right? Probably. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe teams are not going to beat him because they're happy that they exposed him. I don't know. Anyway. He uh, should get in the NL uh, <laughs> quickly. Quickly. <laughs> in August 2017, the Boston Red Sox were caught transmitting sign information from their replay review room to individuals in the dugout. Wearing smartwatches, the incident received significant media attention, and I issued a press release on September 15th, 2017, announcing the fine of the Boston Red Sox and a fine for the New York Yankees for improperly using the video replay room phone that stated in relevant part. So I'm going to kind of read what what he issued or part of what he issued here. And all this is being said by Rob Manfred Um, at the on at the outset it is important to understand that the attempt to decode signs being used by an opposing catcher is not a violation of Major League Baseball's rules or regulations, which we actually broke down on this show and and got to the bottom of. Uh, Major League Baseball regulations do, however, prohibit the use of electronic equipment during games and state that no such equipment may be used for the purposes of sign stealing or conveying information designed to give a club an advantage. Yeah. Very important. Oh, uh, man. So they put that out in September of 2017. <laughs> following the, Two and a half years ago. Right. So he says, following the issuance of the press release announcing the results of the Red Sox investigation, I issued a memorandum that same day to all clubs reiterating the rules regarding the use of electronic equipment to steal signs and putting all clubs on notice that future violations would be taken 
extremely seriously by my office. I, I remember that. I do too. I specifically stated in the memorandum that the general manager and the field manager of the clubs would be held accountable for any violations of this rule in the future. Keep that in mind. It's really important here. But that's really what they're saying is the GM and the field manager are responsible for making sure that their team complies with the rules. Is that fair? That's fair, I think. And I don't think that like the ownership or anything like that should really be dictating any kind of policy like that or trying to to make sure that like that's why you hire those people. That's the whole point. <laughs> like that's just, Yeah, that's putting it very very well, I would say. Yes, yeah. that's why you hire people. <laughs> so this next little blurb might be the most tough part of this whole thing. For you? No, just in general. Okay. Notwithstanding the publicity surrounding the Red Sox incident and the September 15th memorandum that I sent to all clubs, the Astros continued to both utilize the replay review room and the monitor located next to the dugout to decode signs for the remainder of the season and throughout the postseason. Oof. That's pretty pretty bad, man. Because That's I think really like, bad. Like when we talked about this earlier. It was a situation of, well, they they used it during the regular season, didn't use it in the postseason. And, like, I want to be very clear. Like, none of this is really okay. But it's not, like like we just said, it wasn't specifically against the rules other than this mem- memo that he had, you know, issued saying, this is this is not something we're messing around with. And, and rightfully so, I think. Is that fair? Mm. I mean... Yeah, you're you're it's fair. I'm just like soaking soaking all of this in. No, I know, you're, I get it. Yeah. You got nice digested talking points here. That's I mean, fuck. That's like <laughs> there's a lot a lot that needs to happen um moving forward. So they fixed some of this stuff, which we'll we'll get to here in a second. So during the twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen offseason and following a discussion at the general manager's meeting the commissioner's office notified clubs that the phone connecting the replay review room and the dugout would be monitored to ensure that it was not used for any purpose other than discussing a challenge of a play on the field. In addition, March 20 uh, of 2018, Joe Torrey issued a memorandum to all clubs that expanded upon the prohibition against using electronic equipment to steal, steal signs. Uh, a couple little notes within that. I'm not going to go through like all the ins and outs of it, but I mean, it, prohibits all uniform personnel, clubhouse staff, and in, uh, equipment staff from using or possessing telephones or using similar electronic devices, including any types of walkie-talkies. I love that they put walkie-talkies in there. <laughs> mobile phones, smartwatches, in quotations, laptop computers, tablets, and other communication devices uh, in the bullpen, or, uh, excuse me, in or near the dugout, in the bullpens, or on the playing field once batting practice has begun which I found very interesting. Mm. Uh, and then it says uh, MLB, R, it's MLBR, but MLB rule 1.1 also prohibits the use of such devices in the clubhouse within 30 minutes of the start of the game. Okay. So, I mean, basically I mean, just... How are they going to enforce that, though? I mean, just don't be out there videotaping while they're taking BP. Probably is, you know... Yeah, but the smartwatch thing, how many times is the GM out there with his, like, starter pullover or whatever... Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And what you'll you'll come to find as we kind of go through this a little bit more is that it's more the lack of organizational control is what we're talking about here. Yeah, um, that's fair. 
Further on the memo, to be clear, the use of any equipment in the clubhouse or in a club's replay or video rooms to decode an opposing club's signs during the game violates this regulation. So that is pretty damn clear, I would yes. say. Um, kind of moving on, prior to the 2018 season and with MLB, so you talked about the dugout thing, right? And where the dugout is in relation to the room and all that stuff. Prior to the 2018 season and within MLB approval, the Astros relocated their replay review system to a video room located much closer to the dugout, yeah. as is the case in many ballparks throughout the league. That's fine. That's not a big deal. They got MLB approval. No problem with that. The investigation uncovered no evidence that Astros players utilized the banking scheme in 2018. However, the Astros replay re review room staff continued, at least for part of, of the 2018 season, to discuss to decode signs using the live center field camera feed and to translate transmit the signs to the dugout through in-person communication. So they basically continued to do it even after they moved the room into the 2018 season. So this was after Alex Cora had taken the Red Sox job. Okay. So one thing to note here is at some point during the 2018 season, the Astros stopped using the replay review room to decode signs because the players no longer believed it was effective. So, hmm. no longer works. No problem. We didn't do anything wrong. We're good. Okay. That's not how that works. No. I, I find that incredibly interesting. You have a competitive advantage. You're going to say no to that? Correct. I doubt it. Correct. And we have absolutely made the case against it. But I mean, these are facts. So pri <laughs> prior to the 2019 season, the commissioner's office issued a revised policy governing sign stealing, which, among other things, included the placement of individuals retained by the commissioner's office in the club's replay review rooms to ensure that no rules violations occurred. So that practice actually began in the 2018 postseason and then onwards. That's hmm. what they should have done to begin with. Is that fair? Why, why yes, would you have like why, like you just have a, a wide open camera room to these teams to just do whatever the one that that doesn't make any sense? Uh, oh gosh, uh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. So I mean, they they figured that out and made it right. So I'll give them that. Okay. But like, okay. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about how this plays into the Red Sox here in a few minutes because I, I, it's there's more coming on that too. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what they're going to do to Dr. Cora. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see. So the Astros methods in 2017 and 2018 to decode and communicate to a batter and opposing club signs were not an initiative that was planned or directed by the club's top baseball operations officials. Rather, the 2017 scheme in which players banged on the trash can was, with the exception of Alex Cora, player-driven and player executed. That's okay. not great either. No. The How are they not? Mm, the players should be disciplined at some rate, too. So we'll get to that. Uh, the efforts involving the replay review staff were mentioned in at least two emails sent to Leno, who's the GM, and there is conflicting evidence about conversations with Leno on the topic. So there were several emails that alluded to this. He seemingly ignored them. Oof. Which, what, what? What's your take on that? Ignoring the emails. Yeah. 
Is he reading? Is he an email guy? I mean, some guys aren't email guys. Well, I mean, he's revolutionized analytics. So I'm going to in baseball. So I'm going to say probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He probably said they're not going to catch us. I don't care. Uh, See, I don't know if it was that blatant, but I, I. I'm not sure. It's hard to, I mean, we can't really, you know, quantify intent or anything like that. It's not really how that works. But, like, I think it's, it's, I would say it's probably reasonable that a general manager of a baseball team gets a lot of email. Yeah. And totally fair. Maybe, I mean, hell, I get a lot of email and things slip by. So, you know, and I'm not general manager of a baseball team. So I, I just, I, there's a little bit of plausible deniability there, but not a whole lot for me. No. And, I mean, you got to read your email. Well, right. And especially when it's your job to supervise what's going on. That's your job. Oh, yeah. So I want to get into, so you brought this up. I want to get into this a little bit as far as the players and discipline and all that. And, you know, my first question was, just as yours is, why are players not being disciplined for this? Especially if it's kind of being spearheaded by the group. Okay. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, most of the position players on the 2017 team either received signed information from the banging scheme or participated in the scheme by helping to decode signs or bang the trash can. Players stated <laughs> that if A.J. Hinch told them to stop engaging in the conduct, they would have immediately stopped. Sure. Again, we'll get into A.J. Hinch's role in just a second. Uh, several players told my investigators that there was a sense of panic in the Astros dugout after a white so- after White Sox pitcher Danny Farquhar appeared to notice the trash can bangs. Before the game ended, a group of Astros players removed the monitor from the wall in the tunnel and hit it in an office. Whoa. That means they- we know what we're doing. Yes. And it's not good. How did they find that out? I, I'm <laughs> you got me, man. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there's got to they got to have a couple guys telling them this stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Like they corroborated that story with several people, and, and like a lot of those people, like look at Mike Fires, Fears, or whatever his name is. Like why? Like he doesn't have any motivation to lie for them, and that might be what the most crazy part about this is. It's like the whole team was involved in this. Jesus. And like, like <laughs> we'll get into the stupidity of that in a minute. All right. Um, <laughs> For the postseason, a portable monitor was set up on a table to replace the monitor that had been affixed to the wall near the dugout, which we actually saw in that World Series clip, that that picture of Altuve walking to the clubhouse out of the dugout, and there's a computer sitting there. We've actually seen that picture. It's pretty crazy. Oh, man. Some Astros players told my investigators that they did not believe the sign-stealing scheme was effective and it was more distracting than useful to hitters. <laughs> Maybe it's because you're banging a fucking trash can instead <laughs> of screaming numbers that are coded to pitch types. Right. Maybe it's a distraction. That's a very, very good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, man. I'm in ne- I am neither in a position to evaluate whether the scheme helped the Astros hitters nor whether it helped the Astros win any games. There are many factors that impact the outcome of games that addressing this issue would require rank speculation. But for purposes of my decision, regardless of whether the scheme was effective or not, it violated the rules and at a minimum created the appearance of unfairness. And for that, it necessitates severe discipline. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes, I will not assess discipline against individual Astros players. 
I made the decision in September 2017 that I would hold a club's general manager and field manager accountable for misconduct of this kind, and I will not depart from that decision. Assessing further discipline of players for this type of conduct is both difficult and impractical. It is difficult because virtually all of the Astros players had some involvement or knowledge of the scheme, and I'm not in a position based on the investigative record to determine with any degree of certainty every player who should have been held accountable or to the relative degree of culpability. It is impractical given the large number of players involved and the fact that many of those players play for other clubs now. Wow, that's an incredibly lucid statement by the commissioner of fucking baseball. I would hope so, man. Like, come on, you know, like I, yeah, I because my question was why not? Why not? Why not it, take the players into consideration? And that was a really well explained reason um, with lots of merit yes. that changed my mind immediately. Agreed. I thought the exact same thing. Like, I was outraged by reading this. I literally wrote, "I mean, dot dot dot," and that was it. <laughs> it's my note. Um, <laughs> Uh, kind of got me there you know and i think uh, to me i think that makes sense yes like you you set the precedent this is who i'm holding accountable this is who's in trouble if if it's not held up i'm okay with this i am as well all right so went on to say but more importantly the club's general manager and field manager are responsible for ensuring that players both understand the rules and adhere to them It is the obligation of the club, and in this case, the general manager and field manager, to educate and instruct their players on the rules governing play on the field. Here, because the club's bench coach was an active participant in the scheme, and the club's manager was aware of the scheme and did nothing to stop it, I recognize that some players may have misunderstood or may have understood that their conduct was not only condoned by the club, but encouraged. Well said. Wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Encouraged by the club. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about adults here, right? But like at the same time. It's your boss. It's your boss. Do your job. That's all. That's that's what this comes down to. And that just, it's a very good point. And again, we'll get into, uh, I I think that's what kind of what we're going to get into next. We're going to talk about the different roles that some of these people had. We're going to (laughs) start with the GM because this is, there's one thing that I would say Jeff Leno, the GM did that really, really irks me. And it just seems negligent is really all I can say. Uh, Leno adamantly denies knowledge of both the banging scheme and the efforts by the replay review staff to decode signs and transmit them, transmit them to the dugout. The investigation revealed no evidence to suggest that Leno was aware of the banging scheme. The investigation also revealed that Leno neither devised nor actively directed the efforts of the replay review room staff to decode signs in 2017 or 2018. The buck still stops with him. Sure does. Although Leno denies having any awareness that his replay review room staff was decoding and transmitting signs, there is both documentary and testimonial evidence that indicates Leno had some knowledge of those efforts, but he did not give it much attention. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It's not an excuse. The the player thing real quick. I kind of, he, uh, the statement by Manfred's like completely lucid. It has lots of merit and points. However, counterpoint, it would be really fun to read a similar report on breakdown player by player there <laughs> of why the EOIs, the DOI's findings on each player and their contributions. <laughs> like, don't you think with all the time on your hands at the bullpen catchers, like probably a 
playing a really big part in camera maintenance in the center field wall. Almost certainly. I mean, come on. They're not that just- would be that would be really fun for us it to would, decode or to like yeah, work out. It would. And it would be even better if like Mike Fires, the one who blew the lid off this whole thing in the first place, was like the ringleader or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah. there's all kinds of wild speculation. Um, irrespective of Leno's knowledge of his club's violations of the rules, I will hold him personally accountable for the conduct of his club. It is the job of the general manager to be aware of the activities of his staff and players and to ensure that those activities comport with both standards of conduct set by the club ownership and MLB rules. Leno. Okay. So despite his knowledge of the Red Sox incident in 2017 and receipt of both my 2017 memorandum and Joe Torrey's March 2018 memorandum, Leno failed to take any adequate steps to ensure that his club was in compliance with the rules. Leno did not forward the memo and did not confirm that the players and field staff were in compliance with the MLB rules and memoranda. Hmm. That part is what got me. You at least forward the email on so you can pretend like you've got some sort of plausible deniability. Hey guys, quit it, please. AJ at Astros.com. <laughs> See below. Done. I bet. I bet they're a, he's probably an A hinch at Astros. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, probably so. Um, I just, that part gets me, man. Like, I I don't really want to, like, I I wouldn't really, don't feel like I'd stand up for the GM in this case, no matter what, because to this point, it's his job. Like, that's your job. And like, at the end of the day, like, you're responsible for it. And if it doesn't work out, that's on you. But that's just negligent. And that's just not. That's either blatantly not following the rules or just being negligent and not not paying any mind to a major thing that came down from Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's a fool. He should have done better things with that email. Agreed. Um, he did add a little bit of context, um, which I thought was kind of interesting, and I kind of wanted to run that by you too. He said, while no one can dispute that Leno's baseball operations department is an industry leader in, in its analytics, it is very clear to me that the culture of baseball operations department manifesting itself in the way its employees are treated, its relations with other clubs, and its relations with the media and external stakeholders has been very problematic. At least in my view, the baseball operations department, insular culture, one that valued and rewarded results over considerations, combined with a staff of individuals who often lack direction and sufficient oversight, <laughs> led at least in part to the Brandon Taubman incident, the club, the club's admittedly inappropriate and inaccurate response to the incident, and finally to an environment that allowed the conduct described in this report to have occurred. That's Dang. that whole thing with that that assistant to the GM yelling at the reporter. Yeah. About wow. Roberto Asuna. Again, a, a pretty lucid, like thought process laid out on paper and in that light uh, like that's a lack of organizational control and that is exactly why aj hinch and the gm lost their job today yeah i totally agree um they can't control any part of the operation at all correct you have very little you can control but managers and gms do it all the time don't you think if they weren't so results driven. Doesn't that start at the very top? Sure. Absolutely. But isn't that the goal of every club period? Yeah, it's true. So I mean, I can see a more um, rule abiding uh, 
manager potentially catching his players coming up with these schemes and getting the tech to like install uh, a screen and like potentially suspend them team wide like for a couple of games or something like yeah. hey this this won't be tolerated we'll win another way absolutely and there's no problems with that if, if and if your principal would have been nice we'll get into the aj hinch thing next because that's super interesting because his actions might have been the most unbelievable thing of this whole thing but i just think that you look at things like the roberto asuna trade that's a great example man they didn't give a fuck about any of this no. stuff other than just winning that's all they yeah. care about and at the end of the day this is bigger than that like of course it's about winning but it is about doing things by the rules and by doing things the right way. And you can skirt that all you want, but this is what that's going to bring you. The Nationals won. The Nationals won. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's get into A.J. Hinch. Hinch neither devised the banging scheme nor participated in it. Hinch told my investigators that he did not support his players decoding signs, using the monitors installed near the dugouts and banging the trash can, and he believed that the conduct was both wrong and distracting. Duh. <laughs> what happened? What did he do about it? Hinch attempted to signal his disapproval of the scheme. <laughs> hint? Hold on. Did you use the word hint? Hinch. Sorry. Hinch. It's my favorite part of the whole thing. Hinch attempted to signal his disapproval of the scheme by physically damaging the monitor on two occasions, necessitating a replacement. <laughs> So he came Ooh. and just punched the monitor, hit, hit it out of there, and then they just replaced it and they just moved on. Huh. However, Hinch admits he did not stop it and he did not notify players or Cora that he disapproves of it even after the Red Sox were disciplined in 2017. Similarly, he knew of and did not stop the communication of signed information from the replay review room, although he disagreed with the practice as well and specifically voiced his concerns on at least one occasion about the use of re a replay phone for this purpose. As the person with the responsibility for managing his players and coaches, yeah. there is simply no justification for Hinch's failure to act. Yes, he Strong. is responsible for them. What is he complaining offline about right. these people? Or like, are you telling me like I don't like this, so I'm just going to go break the monitor twice, and then you know, and then they replace it. Oh, let's just break it again. That's not how that works. Like, what are no. you doing? What are you doing? No. And that like, is <laughs> that's bad, right? Like, that's you can't just really say like bad management. It's really terrible, and like that, like we said at the top of the show, like we thought really highly of him. Yeah. Up until very recently. If Hinch was unsure about how to handle the situation, it was his responsibility to bring the issue to the attention of Leno. Hinch expressed much contrition both to me and my investigators for allowing the contact to continue. Although I appreciate Hinch's remorsefulness, I must hold him accountable for the conduct for his team, particularly since he had full knowledge of the contact and chose or of the conduct and chose to allow it to continue throughout the twenty seventeen postseason. Strong agree. Yeah, strong agree. What did he think was going to happen? I don't know. But the one thing I'll say, the other, the only other angle that I've thought about this is, I mean, if the if his boss is saying don't stop it, I mean, isn't that complying with what your boss says? I mean, I'm not saying that makes it okay, but I mean, yeah. is that where his head was at? I don't know. He can win another way. The team is good. Right, but like to sit there and say that he was bothered and that he didn't like it and everything, but then to just let it continue is absurd. It's not enough. Not enough at all. 
Alex Cora. Let's move on to Alex Cora. Oh, boy. The current manager of the Boston Red Sox won't be for very much longer after I get done with this report. Cora was involved in developing both the banging scheme and utilizing the replay review room to decode and transmit signs. Cora participated in both schemes and through his active participation implicitly condoned the player's conduct. I will withhold determining the appropriate level of discipline for Cora until after the DOI completes its investigation of the allegations that the Red Sox engaged in impermissible electronic sign stealing in 2018 while Cora was the manager. Oof. So in other words, they're looking into another one of these schemes that he's cooked up. Yeah. That dude is out of baseball. I'm just going to say it. You think he's out of baseball? I think he's out of baseball. You, dude, like you don't cheat in Houston and then go to the Red Sox and be like, "Oh, well, uh, I'm not a cheater. I don't know what you're talking about." Uh, you don't yeah. do that. That's not how that works. Like, obviously, they turn around and won a World Series the next year. Yeah, so he won with the Astros, and then he won with the Red Sox. Now, I will say this to caveat that though, they did start putting an official in the booth in the 2018 postseason. So, to me, this taints the regular season for the Red Sox the 108 wins that we've talked about being sure. pretty damn impressive. But at least the postseason, to me, feels like it's pretty much intact. They were pretty much destined to win that year. Anyway. I mean, yeah, but, for sure. But this, so th- didn't this guy's hurt. like dead on the stick, right? Almost certainly. Like like the way this hall reads to me is that he's going to be, he he's the, the scapegoat here. He's going to take the whole thing. And, and rightfully I mean, so. Not the whole thing. They've said the players did it, and they just don't really, they're not going to do anything about it. Sure. And I mean, how do you? And that was kind of our point in earlier episodes. But I mean, with Cora, like, you can't let this guy, like, so baseball is going to suspend. I mean, they just suspended Hinch and Leno for a full season, even though they got fired. They're still out of baseball till the end of the next World Series. Hmm. So it's actually not quite a year, technically. But they're out of baseball. They're going to, they're, they're going to massacre Cora here. Yeah. I mean, they're going to Pete Rose's ass. Almost certainly, man. And, like, honestly, like, he's my manager. Like, I own that and everything. Rightfully so. <laughs> he's got to go, man. Like, it, the, <laughs> e- even if for some reason he just got suspended for a year, the Red Sox are going to fire him. They're going to have to. Yeah. They're not going to have a so choice. Too. And what pisses me off about it, sidebar of all this, they're going to use that as an excuse to be like, oh, well, I guess it's time to retool anyway, blah, 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 because of their um, inactivity. Yeah, the probably house. so. Yeah, what a bunch of... Anyway. Um, Whatever. Yeah, you win. Yeah. I, I got the win. I'm not worried about it. I mean, even if it didn't, like, whatever it is, what it is. And, like, I am... It is interesting that they didn't decide to mess with the actual World Series in 2017 for the Astros at all, but I get why they didn't. You, like, what what good is it in taking it away? It just looks bad for baseball no matter what. Yeah, I agree. That would be like, um, you know, we got lockout years ahead of us. So why why get rid of the record books on something that was actually played? Right. So I'm sorry. You, it looks like you have more to nope, say. Nope. Nope. Go ahead. Do you think the punishments would be as bad if it was like the Padres and the Pirates doing this? Right. These are these are winning teams, like suspiciously winning teams who are really really good. If this happened to a bunch of dumpster fire teams, do you think they would give these penalties? Yeah, I think they would, because I think they have to set a precedent here. Like, this is not something that baseball can deal with. And we, I mean, routinely on this show, criticize baseball for handling things the wrong way and for doing things in a 
strange manner that don't really tend to make a lot of sense. They got this right, I think, and they had to make an example of somebody. They yeah. did. And it's going to be, I mean, it's not just Alex Cora. I mean, look at AJ Hinch. I mean, I do you so let me ask you, do you think that he's hireable after this? Yes. Do you? I do. Mm, interesting. I don't know that I do see that. You don't see AJ Hinch managing baseball team again? Dude, with that kind of lack of organizational control that's depicted right there, I don't think so. Marlins. Mm, yes. They would make a decision. White Sox. Anywhere where Ozzy Guillen has ever managed, he AJ Hinch will be allowed. How long do you think it takes, though? Do you think it needs to die down for a couple of years? Wait, what, what's your... Well, I mean, at, at least, least a year. one. Yeah, at least a year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet he gets hired um, next offseason. Wow. I yeah. do not think so, man. I just don't. I don't... I'll put I, that one on the prediction board. Okay, we'll throw it up there. But I just... I don't see how... I, I mean, if you were an owner, would you trust him to run your team? Manage your team? No. Yeah, see, I wouldn't either. And that's why I'm not making the big bucks. Maybe, but I think that's pretty much common sense, though, in a lot of ways. And I just, man, like, this kills me. Like, I, I love baseball more than just about any sport, more than just about anything, really. And, uh, like, I'm not big on, like, we, we on the show as well, we criticize the guy that's, get off my lawn about changing baseball and all that kind of stuff. But this messes with the integrity of the game. And you're introducing a new tool that's not in the rule book. Right. And if it's going to be in the rule book, that's fine. Just make it open for everybody. And I, I will say that's what kills me about this, too, is like so many people are think this is this is great. And, you know, the Astros get what they deserve, blah, 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 all this. But like, man, like if you don't think your team is involved in this in some way, shape or form, you are grossly mistaken because we're talking about millions of dollars on the line here. Yeah. Millions. And every single edge like this can matter. And <laughs> they should have been better at cheating is what this really comes down to. But they weren't. So, I mean, when you're, really bad at it. when you're out there banging on a trash can, I mean, come on. Seriously, they could have come up with code words for things like literally. Not that that was what that wasn't the like canary in the coal mine or anything. Right. I mean, just there's so many things about this that are just crazy. And it really it highlights something that we that we have talked about for a long time. And that is simply that it's an organization that values winning over anything else, no matter what. And like, whenever like the, like I remember whenever the Roberto Asuna trade went down, like we tried really hard on this show to be as fair as we could, but we found it really fucked up and we didn't, we weren't happy with that because of just yeah. the scenario. And like, we really, really tried to be as fair as we could and give them the benefit of the doubt. But this like, in retrospect, when you look back at all of it in a vacuum, like, yeah, it's not really that surprising that that happened. Just look at the body of work, as I might say. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. These are two high-profile teams with the same manager strung through two very similar cheating schemes. Who else is doing what team-wise? I don't think we want to know the answer to that question. To be don't real. you think there's more? I know there's more. I know there's more for a fact and i just i don't we talked about this earlier in the in the the uh uh sorry whenever we discussed this the first time on the show i just i think you got to be really careful what you sniff around and because you don't may not like what you're really going to find yeah i wonder if manfred wrote this lengthy report 
showing everyone else how much detail they were able to glean from previous players and then throwing the book at these other two guys to stomp out other efforts in the same vein by other squads. To be fair, he he gave him a warning. He did give him a warning, and then he threw the book at him. Right, which is 100% fair. And so when I yeah. look at the context of all this, they did a good job with this. Mm-hmm. And they, they did, did the right thing. And like I don't, I don't have any animosity towards Houston or anything like that. It doesn't matter to me. You know, like I, I find it incredibly interesting that we're dealing with this at this point in time. And, you know, technology has crept its way into, you know, everyday game gamesmanship and all that. But I mean, again, when there's millions of dollars on the line, that's what you're going to see. What other changes do you think we should expect, like field wise? Like there should be no cameras in center field. Yeah, I think, well, so I think... Player development purposes. So I'm fine with that because, like, at least you are using it for those reasons and you have someone that's supervising the replay situation. That's where Major League Baseball failed initially is putting so much trust into these teams to do it the right way and not having that loophole exposed. That's a major loophole that they missed. Yeah. Like, I could have told you that. Like if you're like it's different if you're communicating with a replay center and a you know a remote location and you're dealing with it that way, but you know I get why they have to be you know for the sake of challenges I get why they have to be able to review it to see if it's something they want to challenge, but you got to have some sort of regulation over something like that. So they fix that it would seem, but I do I would like to know whose job it is to sit there and listen to all these conversations throughout the <laughs> entire season. That sounds like a terrible job. Oof. Yeah, not great. And I would imagine, uh, it kind of alluded to it, but it wasn't exactly specific. I would imagine, though, that that person is not a team person, but an MLB person, right? I would certainly hope so. Maybe an MLBI guy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> the guy low on the totem pole. He hasn't, That's right. he hasn't earned the right to write up reports like this. <laughs> he just listens to very short phone calls three times a game. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Or the best job in the world. I don't know which. I mean, I'd get get paid whatever they do to do it. Anyway, I, I just I think it's so interesting though that they didn't think of that loophole before. So I mean, in a way, it's kind of on baseball for doing that. But in another way, they gave him a very stern warning about what would happen if they got caught doing this, and they kept on doing it. And he was very very explicit about that. Yes, I I think well done by MLB. Shitty that it's happening, um, but super interesting. Gives us something to talk about. It does. Are there any other changes that you could think about that need to be made? I mean, it's not really that complicated of a thing. That's what's crazy about the whole thing. Is it's not. It's not like it was this elaborate thing. They're banging on trash cans for God's sakes. The technology component is the part that's scary. Um, they have to be proactive when new things are becoming more popular, and how that can affect uh, the game's integrity. So. I don't think it would have taken a genius if they thought about the Apple Watch being on, every, you know, one out of every four wrists on the bench. Uh, it wouldn't taken it wouldn't have taken a lot of thought for them to figure out that they're going to get comms that could be um, give them an edge. It's true. Can, I mean, do you think that like so like we've spent this like it's almost like all these old timers kind of froze baseball at a certain point mm-hmm. in time. And then kind of whenever Bud Selig retired and, you know, we got Rob Manfred, everything kind of started to, you know, we got replay, we got all these things that kind of all at one time and things have been changing and things have been moving. 
and we're starting to get like baseball up to like everyday 2020 standards. Do yeah. you think that by sitting on their hands for that long, that's prohibited them from being able to keep up with technology and to be able to be ahead of that curve? Because I kind of yeah, do. if they're still super reactive, they're not able to be proactive about new developments. Correct. That just seems potentially like common sense. I but. feel like this would be an MLBI sort of job, right? Mm, yes, we need to know more about the MLBI. We're calling well, it that, aka regardless. the DOI, the DOI. Department what of are we talking Investigations about? within the MLB. They really have to make it, try to make it sound like the Department of Justice or some shit like that. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's not okay. We're going to call it the MLBI. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Excellent. Well, this has been a hell of a an eye opening experience over the last eight to ten hours or so of all this stuff. I'm not surprised the way that this has gone down. Actually, I take that back. I am a little bit surprised. <laughs> I am a little bit surprised. I'm a lot surprised. I'm personally affected by it too, which kills me. But I mean, if he cheated, he cheated. He's got to be out of there. That's just a given. Yeah, I agree. It's been a crazy day for sure. I look forward to hearing what they're going to do with Alex Cora's uh, corpse. And then um, I'm, I, you know, these sorts of situations usually bring out other allegations against other teams can't wait for them um, so we'll see if there's like some sort of cascading effect across the league well in 2017 whenever the red sox got caught with it they turned right around and said well the yankees did it too and they got in trouble as well so like yeah you're 100 correct like more is going to probably come out but that's a i think that's a heftier suspension slash punishment than we even re- remotely anticipated so i uh i'm definitely interested to see what else comes of it all and we will make sure to keep everybody updated we're going to go ahead and get out of here we want to remind everyone to check us on social media that is at sensibly loud on instagram and on twitter want to remind everyone to please also give us a call we want to hear from you guys we want to hear what you guys think of this astros cheating scandal play uh call in we'll play the message on the show we'll uh we'll talk about it that number for everybody is 972-885-9361 next time we will have been baseball back he will give his thoughts he'll actually be putting out a video on our facebook page Later on this evening, kind of given his thoughts and what's going on uh, in his mind with all of this, because I think he's pretty flabbergasted as well by what all is happening. So be looking for that video as well. Should be coming out here pretty soon. We would like to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 96 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Don't text and drive. Big ups to Kevin Towers. and We'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Get up to watch it Now, now, now We live by anything